I'm Reverend Dr. Mary Mitchell, a retired corporate manager, and I've been teaching the philosophy of positive living for over 30 years. It's about regaining inner peace and happiness by using the creative process of how our mind works. In my prison ministry, it not only helps prisoners adjust to life behind bars, but when they spend 23 hours a day for weeks or months in the hole, a seven by nine foot room. So join me and learn about this philosophy of positive living and how it can enhance and enrich your life. My website is engaginggrace.me. Welcome to the first in a series about positive living through philosophy. I've been teaching classes about this for over 30 years, and I'm really excited about sharing and exploring the benefits of finding greater happiness and inner peace in life. And for this, we thank the Price of Business show. You might have already wondered if discussions about inner peace and happiness should be looked at from a more psychological point of view. It's interesting that philosophical dialogues about life began centuries ago, long before psychology became an area of study. The word psychology is derived from two Greek words, psyche, meaning the mind, and soul or spirit, logos. The History of Psychology Journal defines psychology as the scientific study of behavior and mental processes. It began as a field of experimental study in 1854 in Leipzig, Germany, when Gustav Fechner founded the field of psychology and transformed it into a quantitative science on this, such as how we make judgments about our experiences. For me, psychology is more focused on what is instead of what can or could be. Now, psychology quite literally comes from two Greek words that mean the love of wisdom. In a broad sense, psychology is focused on studying and applying the wisdom we learn by exploring the fundamental truths about ourselves as humans and about the world we live in and about our relationship to each other. In the earliest Greek civilizations, people like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and other wisdom teachers posed philosophical questions to educated people and timeless answers began to evolve. It developed even more in the 6th century BC when philosophers began seeking rational explanations about the natural world, trying to find means and reasons to support various beliefs that could be supported by reason. Oh, the arguments these wise people had trying to figure out if a theory seemed reasonable? Can you even imagine? I was reading a lesson published by NAGWA, a British education technology company that publishes lessons for teachers on a wide array of subjects. This particular lesson explained the origins of philosophy. It began about 3000 BC when wise men sought answers to questions about the origin of the world. But in the 6th century BC, the wisdom of those early philosophers was finally recognized. That's a long time. For instance, the earliest of philosophers, Thales of Melito, argued that everything was ultimately made of water. According to Wikipedia, Thales lived between 545 and 624 BC. He was quite a man. He was a Greek mathematician, an astronomer, a statesman, and one of the seven sages of Greece. Aristotle regarded him as the first philosophy in the Greek tradition, 
and he's recognized as the first person to entertain and engage in scientific philosophy. He's remembered primarily for breaking away from the use of mythology to explain the world, and instead explained natural objects by offering naturalistic theories. Aristotle regarded Thales as a founder of the Ionian school of philosophers and reported his hypothesis that the original originating principle of nature and the nature of matter was a single material substance we call water. The key feature of philosophy has always been to determine if a proposed theory is rational. As early philosophers debated their theories, they argued and argued to find reasons to support someone's theory as reasonable. Since psychology doesn't use experiments or science to figure this out, you can imagine how long it must have taken for these wise men to agree on the fundamental makeup of the world. Today, the three great traditions for philosophers continues, and these are, what is knowledge? How should we conduct ourselves? How should we govern ourselves? So my focus for the next few months will be on the second question, how should we conduct ourselves? With the tagline, to experience greater happiness and inner peace in our life. A couple of my favorite quotes may get you started thinking about this and how it can benefit you. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. He also said, unless you try to do something beyond what you already have mastered, you'll never grow. Another one of my favorite authors is Dr. Ernest Holmes, and he wrote, never limit your view of life by any past experience. And he wrote, the more power one gives to his thought, the more com completely he believes that his thought has power, the more power it will have. And he wrote, the road to freedom lies not through mysterious or occult performances, but through the intelligent use of nature's forces and laws. And the law of our mind is a natural law in the spiritual world. Dr. Raymond Charles Barker wrote, every success motivated mind has been a decisive mind. Every failure-motivated mind has been an indecisive mind. So, personally, my passion is in discovering and shaping what can be. I've dedicated years of study to understanding and practicing the principles and practices of positive living through philosophy. So, I hope you'll join me each month as I share this adventure in positive living. And so it is.